Hello patrons, it's your favourite sociopathic witch here, and I've been brought to my attention that the mere sound of my voice tends to send people straight off to sleep. Now, some of you have suggested that I start, instead of producing witchcraft and occult videos, start producing ASMR. I personally don't really know a huge amount about that, but I did do a little bit of a googling, and it sounds an awful lot like guided meditation meets Ikea furniture meets some other shit. So, this is my attempt at ASMR for those of you that are having trouble sleeping. So, shall we begin? Brilliant. Just sit back and relax. If you're driving, you may wish to pull over now. Brilliant. So, you're just gonna stay very calm and relax. And I want you to imagine me telling you this story. This is how the story begins. On a dark, dark hill, there was a dark, dark town. In the dark, dark town, there was a dark, dark street. In the dark, dark street, there was a dark, dark house. In the dark, dark house, there was a dark, dark staircase. Down the dark, dark staircase, there was a dark, dark cellar. And in the dark, dark cellar, there was a doorway that led straight to hell. That's right, patrons, you can all go to hell today, because that's what we're doing. We are all going to hell. Maybe not the hell, but certainly a hell dimension that you are going to create in your very own minds now. In the cellar, in the dark, dark house, I want you to imagine a door. Maybe it's a trap door. Maybe it's just some kind of normal door. But either way, you're thinking of a door. Now I want you to open that door. And behind the door, there is a very dark staircase. Walk through the door, down the staircase, that's right, keep going, well done. You can do it, I know you can. One foot in front of the other, that's how we walk. Eventually, you'll start to see a light, almost like a candlelight. It's an orangey kind of glow that emanates from somewhere far down the stairs. I want you to go further, closer. Keep going down the staircase until you come across a room with cobbled floor. A nice big medieval room with a cobbled floor. Stand in the room. While standing in the room, you notice chained to one of the walls there is a goat 
Go over to the goat. You start to be aware that there is another presence in the room with you. Look around to see if you can see anything. You hear a shuffle, so you revert your attention back to the goat, but in the place of the goat, because there is no goat anymore, instead, changed to the wall, there is a gimp. Just imagine a gimp in a gimp mask. This is a very strange hell dimension we have wandered into, isn't it? But guess what? Do you know who is behind the gimp mask? Well, behind the gimp mask is the person you hate the most. Just think, that gimp chained to that wall is the person you hate the most wearing a gimp mask. Tell me now the person who is that gimp, the person you hate the most. Go over to the gimp and remove the gimp mask. There is the person that you despise the most out of all the idiots, fuckwits, dickheads in the world, this is the biggest one of them all. And guess what? They are in hell. Now seeing as that they're in hell, it seems prudent that we should punish said person. So what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to look around the room to see if you can find a box. Once you have found the box you will notice there is a picture of a pineapple on it. This is the pineapple box and contains Hell's very own pineapple of torture. What I want you to do is to open the box to get the pineapple out. But wait, the box is empty. Where's the pineapple, you think? The more you look and examine the box, you notice, actually, the box is not empty. Inside, there is an envelope. Pull out the envelope 
on the back of the envelope there is a sigil of a demon. It would appear that this letter is written by a demon. Undo the envelope and see what the demon says in the letter. The letter reads, To whom it may concern, I apologise for taking the pineapple without asking, but I really needed it because Hitler is booked in for his annual pineappling. You think to yourself, well, to be fair, I probably didn't want to shove that pineapple somewhere the sun don't shine anyway. To be fair, that's probably saved me a lot of scrubbing. But wait, what are we going to do now? Now the pineapple has disappeared. What are you going to use to torture your enemy? Well, I'm sure you'll fucking think of something. I'm done with this ASMR shit now. I mean, seriously, who thought that this was going to be a fucking good idea to get me to do ASMR fucking audio? I mean, seriously, come on. So instead, we will talk about what we were actually supposed to be talking about today. And that is kind of probably linked to this kind of hypnosis kind of thing, because we're talking about... How does one know if they're actually a diddling about in the magical world, in the other world, or in the astral world, and that is not just going on inside your own head? Because with guided meditation and stuff like that, you obviously you'll think about something and you're led towards thinking about something, but things pop up within the meditation that you don't really consciously put there. It comes from somewhere in the unconscious. And as we know, the unconscious is the bridge to getting us to the astral. We kind of need the conscious brain and the unconscious part of the brain. Oh, for fuck's sake, who's ringing now? Oh, well, fuck them. You can't say that this ain't life even though it's not life but yeah you can't say this is edited right so anyway where was i yeah that's it so if we do meditations and we do uh ritualistic work and all that kind of thing and anything that involves using our imagination in order to relay information and visualize things and so on and so forth how do we know that it isn't just our imagination and that there is something else there. Because a lot of people try to do lucid dreaming. And then they try to get to the astral world and that. But how is it that you know that things aren't just a dream? That it's not just all in your head? You can link this, I think, quite easily to spell casting. Or when I say spell casting, I mean... You can kind of link it to your first steps into spellcasting. Because for the mundane or 
someone that doesn't have a huge amount of psychic ability and can't see, sense and feel and manipulate the energy. What they're essentially doing is they're working on getting that. They're working on getting the feeling of doing that. So with spellcasting for the first time, you basically try your best to raise energy, programming and send it out there to go and do its stuff without really being able to feel it all that much. You learn spellcasting by your successes and then mainly by a fact that you're doing it over and over and over and over and over again and got more and more and more experience, much like physiotherapy, you actually start to feel the energy that you're raising. You start to feel the different types of energies that are out there depending on different types of spells and stuff that you're doing. It kind of builds that psychic palette that you use to sense. Now, how does this relate to astral travel and that kind of work and the, the kind of stuff that involves doing a lot of work in your head? Well, it's really similar because what you really got to think about is Yes, you're edging closer and closer and closer towards having a lucid dream or towards something like astral projection or maybe dream walking or something like that. But you don't necessarily know when you have the experience of actually doing it. What you'll realise is that it's really very different to dreaming or daydreaming or imagination or anything like that the whole feelings are like it's actually happening so the way that you think about things in your head and images and that sort of thing pops into your head that is very much in the head if someone comes along taps you on the shoulder and then slaps you around the face as you turn round, you really feel that there's a big impact it knocks you awake and you have that stinging sensation where your face has gone red from the slap, you know. It's very kind of visceral and there. Um, and that's really what lucid dreaming and astral projection will be like. It will be as if you are there, because essentially you are there. But of course, you're not there physically. Now, People that haven't got to that stage yet, what they're doing is they're kind of going close to that. They're kind of getting near the edge of where the imagination and where the unconscious mind starts to put images in front of your head or in front of your eyes and that. What you're doing there is when you start to imagine, when you start to do things like guided meditation or when you start to do rituals and stuff like that, that little part of you that is normally the part which when you meditate just won't let you stop thinking you try to clear your mind you know and it just puts other things in front of your mind um that thing is what's going to get you to the astral or to your dream walking or wherever it is you want to go now what that is is it's starting Okay, that's the process of starting. It's starting to get used to you putting or receiving images from it. It's used to tinkering with what you are currently doing. Say you're driving along in your car and you're thinking of a certain subject and then all of a sudden 
images and thoughts and things like that come to you about that subject that's all kind of coming from the unconscious mind it might be memory recall it might be something like that but essentially it's getting retrieved it's not you consciously making effort to think about something now when you start to marry that up or marry those kind of daydreams up with themes for example you're thinking of filling out a dossier which is full of super secret information that's all blanked out like in Witch Wars 2 what you may get is you may get when you gaze and start thinking about that suggestions and things come up from the unconscious mind you might see an image you might think about something now a lot of it a lot of the stuff is going to be bullshit okay as a beginner a lot of it is going to be bullshit but what you're essentially doing is slowly but surely you're programming that unconscious part of yourself to say oh i know what this person wants i know what we want we want the actual information well how do i get that i go and get that from there it's kind of like to a certain extent potty training or if you've got a cat or a dog you need to you know teach them so that they don't do their business everywhere is a to a certain extent trial and error there are going to be some fuck ups but you have got to train your unconscious mind the unconscious mind is much like a child now it's going to take a little while for you to do that but it's not like really that you all of a sudden have a success and that's it What's likely to happen in the majority of cases is that as you start to do your meditations, as you start to do more spell casting, as you start to do more and more and more magical work that involves psychic sight and that, then what you're going to do is helpful hints will start to come up. You'll feel a little bit more. You might feel an energy. You might be drawn to a specific something without necessarily knowing. Every time you have a success, you kind of need to reinforce the idea in the conscious mind that, yes, this is what I want. This is the information that I want. This is accurate information. So that what you'll start to do is the unconscious will start to put more and more relevant things based on what you're teaching it is relevant. Now, the good thing about witches is that we tend to do a lot of different types of work. Because we do a lot of different types of work, when we try to train our unconscious minds in that, um, and try to develop psychic ability, then what tends to happen is because we can't really go back to the same old thing all of the time, like a lot of psychics do, then it means that we're constantly focusing on the avenue, the methodology or the way in which we get the information the avenue that is coming from direction that is coming from that kind of thing um instead of just yes i like this this was right i want more of this so to put that into kind of some perspective and bitch about psychics because we love to do that um a lot of psychics when i've noticed when they train then they tend to get involved with doing the same sort of psychic work. So maybe you've got a tarot reader that just specialises in doing love readings or something like that, and they're all thinking love, 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 love all day long. 
and a lot of the times when it comes to psychics that do love readings they get the same old types of clients and the same old types of clients always want the same old questions and when you've got the same clients with the same old questions some people will say that it's easy to fake a reading by just telling them exactly what you told the last 20 odd people that came through the door because the chances are they're probably the same what does he think of me is there another woman you know that kind of thing but if you are doing it legitimately you are still focusing on that very specific thing and the unconscious mind is going to over and over again be reinforced with yeah bitch needs to move on yeah that man ain't interested yeah get rid of him type thing and it's gonna start putting that answer in front of your mind even if it's not necessarily the right answer because what you've done is you've kind of trained it it may originally have started using your psychic sight say and i am trying to make this as simple as i possibly can obviously it's a lot more complicated than this but your unconscious mind might be using that kind of psychic channel in order to get the information but very quickly it becomes almost like predictive text messaging you start typing the word and the fucking phone thinks it knows better and changes what you've typed to some bullshit they ain't nothing about nothing to do with what you actually wanted to say the wrong word the whole fucking wrong sentence and all of the wrong context all of that it's a lot like that it's like training a child or doing predictive text messaging now the great thing about a witch's path is that one minute we might be doing potions work one minute we might be doing psychic work the next minute we might be doing spell casting all of this should really involve psychic channels it will involve you sensing things and it won't always be the same things either the problem with a lot of psychics is that they just do the same old thing over and over again and they might get a little further down the rabbit hole in a certain direction but very often you'll find they 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 stick they get so far and they can't push themselves any further and this is part of the reason why that occurs so when it comes to you and you wanting to push towards psychic development or whether you're trying to push towards astral projection or something like that just don't think of it as the destination being a million miles away think of it as actually i'm gently edging myself closer and closer and closer and that what you've really got to start doing is start having fun and understanding that you are learning on the way and that all of these things along the way, all of the techniques and that that we normally teach, they are foundational and important towards building the ability to do something like astral projection or lucid dreaming. But all of the other things are actually a lot useful as well. If you're doing spell casting, you're sensing energy, you're raising energy, you're working with energy, okay? Now, because you're working with that energy, your brain is getting hardwired or your brain is getting rewired to actually think, oh, we have a new system now. This isn't just something that we can find to witchcraft to this. Eventually, what will start happening with the idea of getting the sight and all that 
is that actually those senses can kind of switch on and stay on in the everyday life, in the everyday world. Now, we often do spellcast in sessions with people on a kind of intensive basis when we do our kind of short courses and stuff like that. And very often what will happen is you'll get a bunch of people together and let's assume that they're mundanes and they've never done any sort of magical work before. You start getting them to build their spells and stuff like that. And they start doing a couple of spells and they start having a little bit of success with that. But what starts to happen is they don't necessarily switch off. So when they're used to pushing some kind of emotion into that spell to power it, when they walk into a room, they'll start to say things like, well, I know that this room's filled with emotions. They know that this room's filled with this, that area's that. They start to actually sense the thing that they're used to using for spell work as energy in other locations. And it's not going to be something that hasn't always been there necessarily. It's just going to be the fact that you're more sensitive to that energy. Now, that makes sense. I think most people can follow along with that. But again, how are we relating that to actually logically coming from I haven't ever sensed anything. I've never done any spells to full on witches in the astral world fucking about and the like. Well, it is a little journey. Okay. And it's going to start with the first thing that is most important is that you start getting into a routine of doing magical work. And what you need to do is you need to condense that magical work into small projects. Ideally, you would probably have multiple projects on the go. So I'm not saying that you have to do just spell work or anything like that. You could be doing something like learning the tarot. You could be doing something like working with spirits through the use of a switched off television i mean black mirror um you could do some spell casting that but it's little projects that keep you going that are all pushing in different directions most people that we mentor they'll probably notice that when we assign homework and things like that or when we get people to do various different things we don't normally give them just one thing to do we'll give them a couple of different things to do and some of them might be somewhat related to each other but a lot of the time they actually do go in very different directions. There is a reason for this, and that is simply that you need, in order to get to the next step, the really visceral, in there, you know, tangible interactions that you hear psychics and witches and all that talk about about where they walk into a room and they can see a ghost there or they can see the dead or they can go and astrally project to a hell dimension or something like that that's going to take some time but you get there by edging slightly closer and like with anything it's going to be the subtle things that'll start coming first and when you latch on to or you get something subtle that you start to pick up on, then it's a case of kind of pushing that. And we push that not by trying to sense it all the time. So we tend to not do so much the, oh, I'm going to sit there. Now I've experienced this energy. I'm going to bask in it and I'm going to start 
trying to read it, trying to take it apart, because there is such a thing as eye strain in the mundane world, and to a certain extent there's such a thing as eye strain <laughs> for the third eye as well. What you need to do in order to master something is to truly master it by using it. So it's not just about sensing it and then developing more and more sensitivity. What it's actually about is when you start to sense something, then you've got to start interacting with it. So if it's spirits and that start trying to interact with and work with them, if it's general energy, that kind of thing, then you want to start trying to pull on it and utilizing it in your spell work that way what you'll start to do is instead of actually looking at it when most people do spell work in that they're actually kind of melding it with their hands they're pulling the energy in towards them and the closer that gets and the more it retains inside the person or if you're doing kind of like a ritual or spell work you know with a group the more that will kind of build in the general atmosphere and in the area where you're doing the ritual, when you're where you're doing the spell. And it's the fact that you're kind of linked to that energy then, because you're actually technically, you're not physically touching it, but you are, you're moulding it and shaping it, okay? You're pulling it in. And that's really the difference between listening to a substation down the road which feeds the electricity to the power grid in the city town or village or whatever that you live in that kind of buzz mm, kind of there's a difference between that which is kind of being aware that something's going on and a difference between actually finally touching the fucking electricity and getting a massive jolt you know because a lot of the time it may feel like to beginners I don't think I'm ever going to get to this phase or this stage of being able to see all these spirits and being able to just sense all this energy and stuff. It, it seems a little bit overwhelming. But what you need to remember is that you are developing slowly and that you can overload yourself. Every person has a different energetic profile. Everyone is slightly better at certain types of magic, at certain approaches and working with certain energies. Some people have really um, adept psychic ability, quite strong sight from day one. Other people don't. Now, you can develop in different ways. For example, the people that generally are a little bit too switched on tend to go a little bit crazy. So really, they want to learn control. They want to kind of dampen the effects they want to kind of turn the volume down to a certain extent whereas people with little to no psychic ability switched on naturally they're really trying really really hard to grow and push further and further and further and both are basically as difficult as each other and both take about the same kind of sort of time if you're doing it properly and you've got a half decent teacher that if you are pre-built and pre, you know, um, have the, the energetic template to have a lot of energies being pulled in and you process all of those energies, then it's going to take a lot of time to kind of start dampening that down. Okay. Same with if you can't sense these things, it's going to take a lot more time to actually start to sense things and you're going to start getting it in stages, you know, one by one, bit by bit.
And sometimes it's only when you look back that you think, oh my gosh, before I couldn't do anything and now all of a sudden I can sense this, 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 this and this. Now, unfortunately, we had uh, someone that I was actually mentoring in person that decided to quit their magical path. Um, they weren't very happy. They've essentially given up, which is a very big shame. Um, this person isn't in on the Patreon or anything like that. It was someone that I was mentoring face to face. Now, they are quite depressed at the moment not feeling too great this that and the other um they were doing some magical work they were doing uh psychic developing psychic learning to read tarot um learning basic spell casting that kind of thing and applying quite a lot of different techniques to money magic the problem and the reason why this person give up gave up was that they are having a bit of a shit time in general at the moment and they're being and are one of those people that kind of do keep themselves accountable but at the same time they're very overly harsh and when you're overly harsh on yourself you tend to make that situation worse if you're kind of a little bit pessimistic and you kind of put yourself down constantly because you really, really, really want to get somewhere or you really, really, really want to do something and you try and try and try, then it is difficult because you do feel like you failed to a certain extent. But what you need to remember is that you only truly fail when you give up. Now, I don't think this person is going to give up for a huge amount of time. I think there's just going to be one of those things that probably will last a year and then they'll start coming back to it. Um, I have told them this. <laughs> so we will uh, we'll see what happens. But it is something that's quite sad and I do see a lot of people get very, very aggravated and very upset with them not making progress. People always compare themselves to others. And I think that that is a good thing sometimes and it can also be a bad thing. Obviously everyone's different, but at the same time, you want to come out on top. You know, you want to make progress. It does feel good to be better at things than other people, especially when you've put so much work into it. Now... For people that are on a magical path and that are kind of stumbling and struggling at the moment and don't feel that they're getting any wins or anything like that, there's a couple of things you can do. One, you can take a break and just calm down and relax. Another, which is something that I normally get people to do, is to find someone else that actually wants to learn magic and to help them on their path getting started on their path ideally you would want someone that is a beginner but even if you pick another magical practitioner that has a fair amount of experience you are doing magic with someone being on a solitary path i tend to find that other people on a solitary path tend to be more tend to struggle with this a lot more because when you say you're trying to lose weight yeah so you're trying to lose weight 
You look in the mirror every day and you don't see a huge amount of change. Other people might see the changes because they see you every couple of weeks or every month or so. But you don't really track the change all that much. You don't really see the change all that much. Also, it's surprising actually, the amount of people that we see that call themselves beginners and say they don't know anything and yet I come out with a certain questions and that and they are able to answer them not just give good answers but actually give practical experiences they've had to back them up. I think a lot of the time if you're mixing with other magical practitioners or if you're solitary and just listen to other magical practitioners it can feel like other people know more than you and that you don't know anything. But actually, you'd be surprised when you take someone that's complete mundane. They will more often than not turn around and say, well, I don't know how you understand all of this, but you know so much. And of course, you yourself probably don't feel like you do know all that much. But actually, I think you'd probably be surprised with what you do know. Also... People that are beginners often have super simple little trivial things that they want to use magic for. So if they're in debt and they want to get rid of their debt or if they want to do something uh, to a neighbor that's a complete pr prick, then you can help with that. Basic spell casting is something that you probably understand of. You'll have done at least one or two spells. And even if you don't feel confident that you know what you're doing you have experience you've actually done something and you just explaining to that person that you're mentoring or talking to and talking through your thought process and asking them them their thoughts you would be surprised what that will start to kind of fire up in yourself because there are many practitioners that teach because they get bored. So, you know, I personally do find that delving into other people's lives and other people's little issues and other people's interests and in that inspires me to go and revisit areas of magic that I haven't really gone down or roots that I haven't really gone down for a long, long time. And that's really good. For other people, of course, it means that you know different people's ideas different people's approaches you learn from me and i'll learn from you kind of thing so we never really stop learning past a certain point magic's really all about the creativity you know how creative an approach can you take if there are obstacles in your way can you find a creative way around those obstacles can you remove them completely is it easier to just blast your way through the obstacle or is it better to pick the lock? You know? So, I don't know. This has been a bit of a strange occult ramblings. Because it started with that ASMR shit. And I don't think that's ever going to happen again. I gave it a little go. Um, I had an idea of doing some sort of story. That was revolving around a scapegoat. Which you would then put all of your bad juju. And, uh, you know, basically use it as a... Um, human puppet in hell in order to put all of your uh, pissed off negative emotions and anger and whatever bad is currently going on in your life and then 
having to take the mask off at the end and find out that he is your enemy and then double it up as a kind of nice little idea for a little guided meditation that you can do and work into your spell casting. Um, but it didn't really happen. Instead, I just went off on one because, yeah, like all of the occult ramblings, it's like completely, well, not live, but one take. I don't edit it or anything like that. I just sit there with the laptop and talk a load of shit, as you may notice. Now, some people obviously say that my voice just sends them to sleep. So for those people, sweet dreams. I hope you're having some very sweet dreams of beating up your enemies in hell. Because I'm presuming you'd have got to that bit before you nodded off. Um, for other people that are still listening, obviously with the occult ramblings, feel free to offer up your opinions on them. Uh, leave comments in the comments section. And if you want me to cover a subject in depth, in one take then maybe name a couple of subjects that you'd like and I will add them I'll get a little list and I'll add them to the list could be potentially dangerous because of course with this literally just gets uploaded so it's not like we edit out anything that may be a little bit um, rude or a little bit kind of crazy or anything like that so Personally, I find that this does help to clear the uh, clear the old mind. Um, I find it very relaxing and therapeutic just talking to the laptop. Yeah, weird, I know. But it happens, and it's fucking cheaper than therapy. So there we go. That's it for another week, and goodbye.